Welcome to Off the Beaten Path, but not lost. With Tony, Kristen, Kylie, and Lexi. Join us on this RV full-time living journey. Across the beautiful United States. Where the fail lies. Welcome back to episode 67. This week we're talking about experiencing the Sonoran Desert, our 27th National Park, Saguaro National Park, and also the Organ Pipe Cactus National Monument. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Fayolas. You can get the show notes at thefayolas.com slash 67. Let's talk about Saguaro National Park in Tucson, Arizona. All right, let's just get the the basics out of the way. Uh, If you don't have the annual pass, it's $25 for seven days, and that gets you into both parks. The park is split, so there's the west side and the east side, and in the middle is Tucson, right? Yep. The west is the Tucson Mountain District, and the east is the Rincon Mountain District. Just like all national parks, I would recommend bringing food with you because they don't have food. I mean, they have snacky food sometimes in the visitor center, but there's no, like, fast food or restaurants or anything at Yeah, there's, this one. there's really not. There's water refill stations. Yeah. So. And there is a lot of restaurants and fast food in Tucson, though. Yes, and that's between. So if you plan on doing both in one day, you can, you know, do one before lunch and then lunch in Tucson and then do the evening and the other one. That's what we did, I think. Yep. I will say uh, Tucson is about 30 minutes from either park-ish. I said about, depending on how many slow drivers you have. Yeah. I want to say it's about 30 or 40 miles difference between the two, but it took us like an hour to get there. Cell reception is poor at both locations, I would say. So if you're going to do, like we use the NPS app on our phones, you can download maps and you can save for offline use and stuff like that. Do that before you get to the park because a lot of times the reception stinks so bad that you're not able to like access some of the features. And if you have Gaia, you can download the national park layer in Gaia and download that as well. Yeah, that's really cool. Like most parks, pets are not allowed on most of the trails here. And to be fair, I don't know if you'd want to take them on a lot of trails. Cactuses are not friendly to dogs. Um, At all. But they are allowed on all the roadways, some of the picnic areas. Some of them say no dogs, but for the most part, all the picnic areas are okay. Um, And any paved trail. So there's a paved trail near the visitor center and that one you can take your dogs on i think so any of the paved trails the roadways i did see people have with dogs outside of the visitor center walking around Mm -hmm. and also so there's a loop on each side technically if you wanted to walk the loop instead of driving the loop you could walk your dog on the trail itself like on the loop on the road Mm -hmm. yeah What's the weather like? When should we go? Winter months are November, December, and January. So in the winter months, you can expect 
temperatures, like high temperatures in the 60s and low temperatures in somewhere in the 30s. Like it was, it got kind of chilly when we were there at night. Things start heating up and turning into summer in like mid-April. And that runs all the way through mid-September. And then some of those months, <laughs> it can get up to 110. Yeah, mid-summer, you get really hot yeah. there. Or like 110 plus, exceeding 110 degrees. So don't go during that month. <laughs> I would not want to go there in that time. But it's a dry heat. <laughs> yeah. The lows are 72. So if you're boondocking during those months, it'd be quite hot at night. Yeah, it's hard to cool off when it stays that hot through the day, especially if you're RVing there. Mm-hmm. You know, in the inside of an RV is usually like 10 to 20 degrees hotter. So if you're RVing, we recommend going in some of the winter months. We were there in February and it was perfect. So. Yeah. We boondocked about 20 minutes away, right? Yep. There's actually a few different boondocking spots in the area, like kind of west to northwest of the West Park. And uh, we stayed in some federal land off of Pipeline Road. And that's actually near another popular spot called pump station road there's a lot of dispersed camping out there too oh yeah we were only like 20 minutes away 25 minutes away maybe and we had a good secluded spot there was a handful of people staying out there as well but no it was pretty quiet and we'll try to link the blm website area for this but sometimes it's hard to find it so we'll give you a map to the gaia like area yeah so we'll share that in the show notes but that spot was cool. We were camping right in amongst the saguaro cacti. and mm-hmm. It was really cool. In the desert. Yeah. <laughs> and that was on the west side. Is there camping on the east side? I couldn't find much that was real close to the east side. There are some spots, but we'd probably be driving like 30 to 45 minutes. And it was not a big deal to drive yeah, between. No. So we just stayed in the one spot. We went and visited the park and then... Went to lunch. <laughs> we were actually, yeah, we. we and actually, then went to the other one. We were, we were able to do both in one day. And I didn't yep. think we would, but we did not do any hikes. Um, we had dogs. I'm not excited about hiking with. I, I have a hard time hiking in the desert. I don't care about tarantulas. They don't, they can't chase you down. <laughs> they don't, they can't bite you I and mean, kill you. I mean, they can run. <laughs> but I'm not a big fan of the rattlesnakes. Yeah. Especially with our dogs and stuff. So. Yep. Um, we could have left the dogs at home and went for a couple hikes. There's a couple good ones, like paved ones that maybe I would have done. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm not that excited about it. I mean, I'm totally content uh, driving in our Jeep on some of the cool roads we did there and enjoying the scenery. And then also we did get out and do a couple little, um, which we'll talk about here shortly, a couple of the little, I don't know, jogs. <laughs> yeah, like the picnic areas and stuff yeah. like that. The girls and I did a real short hike that we'll talk about. There is some camping inside the park at the East Park, uh, but it's backcountry only. Yeah, so there's no RV park or no RV camping at either side. Correct. There is, though, I mean, you're right in Tucson. So, yep, you have a ton of parks. Yeah, yeah, you have parks, you have hotels, you have all of that right in Tucson, and then you could go to both sides. Saguaro National Park is home to the nation's largest cacti. And I will say, like, there are some huge ones there. How high do they get? I think some of the tallest saguaros there 
or recorded. I don't know because we didn't see the tallest ones. They don't like have them marked, <laughs> but they can get up to 60 feet tall. When we were driving around in the Jeep, there was like a saguaro cactus that was as tall as the RV, but then it was like 20 feet taller than the RV. Yeah, it was huge. There's, I mean, there are so many tall ones. They stick out everywhere. So when you think of a Western or out West or like... Just the Southwest in the general. The Southwest in general, yeah. Or when, like if I say picture a desert in your head. You will think of these cactus. Yeah. Some of them are perfect. Like they only have two arms that aren't the same length and they're going off on each side. Yeah. <laughs> like animated desert pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, like if I was going to draw a picture of a like a southwest sunset, it would have one of these like cartoony saguaro cactus in it. Silhouetted, yep. yeah. And then a tumbleweed. There's yep. lots of tumbleweeds here. And they're only found in the Sonoran Desert. So when you picture that, you it's kind of funny because the desert covers so much area and you don't even see that cactus in most of it. Nope. Sometimes there's like... You're just driving kind of, you're a little bit elevated when you see this, but you're just driving and there's an entire field that probably goes on for about 10 miles. Yeah, it seems like just, sometimes yeah. it's just as far as you can see, yeah. What I really like about this park is it's so pretty. So we've been in the desert, this is our second year here. Um, the first year was in 2020 and then this is the second year. And we've spent a lot of time in Yuma and, you know, the desert. And there's cacti and, like, cool things. What is that one spiky one that I can't, I can't ever remember? No, well, there's those. There's the... No. Acatillo. Yeah, what is it? Acatillo. Yeah, you see those. I mean, you see some others. Um, And even, like, saguaro. There's some saguaros down in Mm -hmm. Yuma. It's very sparse and very deserty. Like, there's not very many plants, yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. But when you get to Saguaro National Park, it is like layers of cacti. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It's but like a forest. Yeah, there's it's vegetate. It's it's exactly what you picture a desert is if you've never been to a desert. Because when like what I picture a desert is that. <laughs> you think of it as a lot of vegetation. Not, it's not a lot of vegetation, though. It's a lot of cactus, like, together. You have, like, the prickly pear ones. You have, and then right behind it, you have a saguaro, and then you have the active, whatever. Octio. Octo, yeah. You have the spiky ones. You have, like, all these different cacti in this one area, and it's really pretty. I have some pictures. I'll throw out in the show notes so you can get what I'm saying. But you don't have that in the other deserts that we've been in, at least, the other parts of the desert. Yeah. Yeah, like Yuma is a lot of just open sand and dirt. Even compared to the other park we're going to talk about today, which is the Oregon Pipe, it's even compared to that one. That yeah. one doesn't even have the vegetation like yeah. Saguaro does. Yeah, if you are if you were thinking like if you're going to traverse one, like the Saguaro National Park area, good luck. Yeah, There's no like straight line through it. There's no walking through it without getting poked by something. We're on the like the western side of the Sonoran Desert. It's way more open. Even the cactuses don't like. It's not just the cactuses that prick you. Everything is prickly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the plants. And if you're lucky enough to be there in April through June, that is the flowering season for the saguaro. 
if you were to see a saguaro cactus with a flower, what would it look like? It would look like the cactus with a white flower. They grow at the tops and the ends of the arms. Lexia actually bought a cactus book. And it shows all the different kinds of cactus you can find and then the flower. And it shows what fruits there are on cactuses. One of the only animals we've seen in this area are, we've seen squirrel, obviously. Yeah, like ground, they have like little ground squirrels. Mm-hmm. And, and a jackrabbit. Seen, oh yeah, we did see some jackrabbits. But we've seen a lot of coyotes here. A lot of them, like on the side of the road, at the park we saw one. Howling. Yeah, one just kind of, yeah, standing right in the middle of the, the visitor center road, just wandering. Yeah. So before we mentioned that the park is split between the east and the west. So now we're just going to give you a little bit about each park. So the east side's pretty big. It's like 67,000 acres. Yeah, it's bigger than the other side. And I think I kind of liked the east side better just for the views because it is a lot different than the west side. They have an eight-mile paved loop trail that you can drive on. Actually, the entire park is, I think, that one loop, right? I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the only drivable area in that one. And it's like hilly. Yeah, <laughs> so you're very. like going up and down and up and down and up and around. Yeah, this one's it's more on the side of a kind of a tall mountain. So you kind of you go you'll climb up a little bit and then you drop down into these valleys and you have a lot of good spots where you can stop and have some good overlooks for good pictures and stuff. On the east side is also where you'll find those backcountry sites that you can camp. You do need a permit, and you need to make reservations. That side has about 128 miles of hiking trails. If you're brave enough to do it. Yeah. There is one short hike that's about a mile long. It's called the Freeman Homestead Trail. It is a loop. It's in, like, the southern part of the park. The east side was actually opened about 30 years before the west side, so they opened the park on the east side, and then they added to it later. Yeah, I think the west side was a national monument first. Oh, okay. And then they made it. Part They parked it. Parked it. (laughs) There's like an older saguaro forest there. Um, There are, it's higher elevation in most of the spots. You still get those like scrub grassland plants. (laughs) You know, I'm talking about like the tree, scrubby trees. What are those called? Well, they're like, okay, so it kind of looks like a bush or maybe even a tree, like a small tree or something. But when you get up to it, it's all spiny. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like I said, there there are some mesquite trees there, but there's a lot of other little um, greenery that can look pretty, but dangerous. Yeah. There's also desert mistletoe. Oh, yeah. There's a little bit of like oak and pine oak woodland, pine mixed, and some conifer forests in certain areas. And there's great views yes. of the mountain. Also, we didn't mention this, but we went to the west side first, and then we drove through Tucson and then went into the east side. And is it when you come out of the west side, or is it when you go? Yeah, it must be when you're coming out of the west side and you see like the city. Yeah, because you're up higher. Coming out of the west? Yeah, because the city's kind of in the valley between a couple little mountain ranges. But is that ranges. Tucson? Yeah. That we saw? So it looked small. Well, it's a, you know, outskirts. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so when you come out of the west side of 
Saguaro National Park and you're driving into Tucson, you're up higher and you come down and it is super pretty through there. Yep. You're kind of winding through these mountains. I guess they're mountains. Yeah. And you're coming out and you see like the city down below. It's really cool. Yeah, there's a lot of great views there. The west side is much smaller. There's also a loop drive there. It's gravel, and it's about five miles. And there's a, there's a couple sections to it as well. And that side is the, where the visitor center is. Yep. Is there a visitor center on the east side? Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there is. There's one on both sides. So the visitor center on the east side is a little smaller than the west sides. It's called the Red Hills Visitor Center. And we went in there. They have, you know, they've got some good information. They've got a, a section where you can walk around, look at the animals and the plants. And The west side is much smaller. Is it like a third? It's like 25,000 acres compared to the other side, which is 67,000. There's also a loop drive on this side. It's a much shorter drive. It's about five miles, and it's an all-gravel road, not all paved like the yep. other side. And w- once you get into one, uh, the last part of that, it's called the Hohokam Drive. It turns into a one-way. So once you commit to that, you're you're in it for, I don't know, maybe a couple miles. Yeah, it's not too bad. There's also, though, on this side, okay, so first of all, on the east side, there's just that loop. Yep. I think there's maybe one little offshoot on the east side. Um, but on the west side, there is a couple other things you can do, right? Yep. yep. So there's one road that goes, it's an out and back. Is that Signal? No, I believe that's, uh, it's called Golden Gate Road. Okay. And yeah, on that one, at towards the the very end, there's a trailhead. But right before you get to that, there's kind of like a, a picnic area with some bathrooms and um, like a kind of a shelter. Oh yeah, that's where the kids walked up to the shelter. Yep. We we all walked up there, I guess. Yeah. And there's like a table in there. It's all cement and it's made out of stone and. Um. There was like a bunch of windows in it, and but like, they didn't have glass. Yeah. yeah just openings so you could see out. And pretty views of the landscape, of the sun, and the saguaros. And the, the roof, roof was made out of saguaro ribs. Ribs, yeah. Yeah, so the, the ribs of the cactus are like the woody insides, like if it dies. Yeah, and they're super smooth, too. Yeah, so they used, they reclaimed some old saguaro bones and used them for the the ceiling inside that shelter. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and it had like a big cement table in there. You could definitely eat some lunch in there. There's a grill up there. Yep. So. Yeah, all these picnic areas, they were set up pretty nice with like tables and even, you know, permanent barbecue grills and stuff like that. Also in that area, or in that side, tell me where it is, Tony, because I'm not exactly sure, is the Signal Hill, right? Yeah, there's like a little offshoot road. It's called uh, the Signal Hill picnic area, I think. And that's an out, out and back too, correct? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So you can you can go off onto that road and then you have to come back the same way. Yep, exactly. Does it end at the loop? Comes back to Golden Gate. Oh, so it's on Golden Gate. Yep. Okay. Not on the loop side? Nope. And that's pretty cool because there's a short hike up to some petroglyphs. Yeah, it's real short. How short is it? 0.3 miles round trip. And I love that trail because there was... Thousands of stairs. Yeah, there's a lot of steps, <laughs> and they kind of built a lot of them into the the pathway out of, like, stone and stuff. Mm-hmm. Were the petroglyphs cool? I did not go up there. I didn't want to. There was a lot of people, and I wanted to watch dogs. the dogs. It was really busy there, so I yeah. didn't want the dogs barking at everybody. It's a popular spot for picnicking and for the hike. 
And Kylie had a fear of a sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On the sign, like halfway up there, it said, Rattlesnake area. <laughs> oh, because of all the rocks, probably. Yeah, and it's, um, it's the sign is just by itself, and that's all it says is rattlesnake area. <laughs> so it doesn't tell you, like, what time of year. <laughs> what is the tip so you don't get bit by a snake, rattlesnake? Stay out of their zone. <laughs> that's not the Stay thing. out of the desert. <laughs> Stay out <laughs> of the desert. <laughs> that's not the tip. Does anyone know it? You grab the back of its neck? No. Don't. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> you won't be fast enough. It will bite you. No. It's keep your hands and your feet where you can see them. Yeah. Ding coming. Yeah, like if you're climbing up a rock face or, or whatever in an area where there's rocks, never put your hand or your foot where you can't see it. Like in the crevice. Because they do... They, People think that snakes just love to hang out in the sun, which they do sometimes, but a lot of times if they get too hot, they'll cool off in the shade under like a little rocky outcrop or something like that. What do the petroglyphs even look like? There was another like uh, spiral for the summer solstice thing, or did it say spring? No, summer solstice. Yep. There's a, there's a rock. Oh, is it the same thing? Yeah. So we saw one of those before at. Petrified forest. Petrified forest. I couldn't remember. So what is it? How does it work? It's so they did it on a rock and then somehow, I don't know how this happened. They have to watch it every single day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, There's a rock like in front of it. Somehow. It's kind of a, has a point to it, right? I don't know how they learned all of these degrees and stuff. (laughs) Um, But there was a pointy rock in front of it, but it was split in half. So when the... when the sun shone in front of it on the right angle, then the the sun would shine through it right onto the spiral. Yeah, uh, um, exactly summer solstice, the yeah. longest day of the year. That was at Petrified Forest. And this one at Saguaro, it had the spiral on the face, like a flat face of a rock. And then the opposite of it is kind of like a, more of like a jagged rock, not with a crack. And then the longest day of the year the point would point directly to the center of the spiral. Wow. Yeah. So cool. One rock on the back of it, it had like a whole bunch of animal symbols. Yes. So what animal animals were on there, Lex? On the animal rock? There was like bighorn sheep. Mm. Yeah, it looked deer. like bighorn, some sort of deer. Wouldn't it be funny if there was a rattlesnake? Yeah, like somebody getting there? bit by a rattlesnake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rattlesnake area. I, we have seen petroglyphs. I don't think there were any here, but we have seen snake petroglyphs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, like curvy lines yeah. that kind of look like snakes. There were a handful, and they're kind of spread out, and it's like it's at the top of Signal Hill, and they're kind of all over on these rocks. You can't get super close to most of them, but you can you can see them pretty well. Closer than you could at Petrogly- or Petrified Forest. Yes, yes. <laughs> You didn't need binoculars. <laughs> but they were pretty cool. There was, you know, like humanoid mm-hmm. drawings, animal drawings, the suns. There was, they had a lot of, like, wheel or s- circle-looking petroglyphs that I hadn't seen before. And the entire time we were on top of Signal Hill, there was a guy, a Turon, 
And what was he doing? He was, so it was super funny because he was, if you stand in front of the sign, he literally aligns up in front of it, or behi- right behind the sign that what says, <laughs> please do not climb on rocks. And he's standing <laughs> at the top. Yeah. <laughs> behind. Like, 10 feet away behind he- the Tony comes down and shows me a picture he took of this guy. He's taking a picture of him. Well, the guy was uh, must have been updating his Twitter feed or something because um, he was oblivious. He was just standing at the top of the rock pile on the top of the hill playing on his phone. He probably got good signal up there on Signal Hill. And he didn't even notice me stop That's what and I said. line up my shot and take a picture of him. And all That's the kids sitting said. next to you. Yeah. You guys are all staring at him. Yeah. That's what I said. I said, maybe... He's just trying to get signal on top of Signal Hill. Yeah. <laughs> there is no camping on this side. Right. No no campgrounds or anything like that. And there's about 43 miles of hiking over here if you're brave enough to do it. There is one smaller trail. It's called Wild Dog Trail. And it actually goes between the loop. So it's a, a total of like 1.8 miles, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's because it's an out and back. Unless you walk one way and have somebody pick you up on the other side. Yep. <laughs> it goes right between the loop from one side to the other. Mm-hmm. The west side definitely has a higher density of saguaros. So as you just kind of like look out over the landscape, they're definitely, it's thicker. And on this side, there's a, a lot of more younger saguaros. Do you think that's why it's a higher density? Because they're younger and there's just more of them where the other side... You know, they fall over after they get older. Maybe. I don't know. The ones on the east side don't look like they're dying anytime soon. Yeah. (laughs) Even though they did say that saguaros could be endangered soon. Yeah, and in some of those areas, there's like so many of them. I've never seen so so many in my life. And don't forget to get your Junior Ranger badges and books. Mm -hmm. Yeah, did you like the books for this one? Yeah, there were fun books. You also bought something at the visitor center. Lexi bought her book there. Yep, the cactus, the cactus book. book. And like Kylie bought. And I got a toy coyote pup, and I also got an adult toy coyote pup from Oregon Pipe. And so when I brought this home, you had to introduce it to the pack. Yep. <laughs> And it was sitting in the chair, and Freya jumped up and got it. And now it doesn't have a face. (laughs) From far away, it still looks like it's howling. Yep. (laughs) Look at John little All right, cool. You could glue googly eyes to it. Yeah. (laughs) You can use a Sharpie. We actually went back to get her another one, and they were sold out. About two and a half, three hours southwest of Saguaro National Park is Oregon Pipe Cactus National Monument. And we actually went here first because it's kind of, we were coming from Yuma. So we went here first and then went to Saguaro National Park. I was thoroughly impressed with Oregon Pipe. Yes. Oregon Pipe Cactus is really unique because all of the arms start from the ground. And there's actually a whole bunch of them coming out from the bottom, like 15, 20 or more. Like there's a lot coming out. So you got to picture all these little like cactus pipes skinny, coming out. Yeah. Skinny cactus saguaro pipe thing. Yeah, they're just like skinny cactus arms and they're very tall. Like the, you can tell 
the older ones, they have a lot more arms sticking up, but they're very tall. And yeah. they're, I mean, some are thinner, some are thicker. They're pretty cool. They're, I'm assuming, named after... Like yeah, a, like an organ pipe, like an organ, church organ or something. Yeah, because there's like a bunch of them. It's almost like a giant bouquet of flowers, except at the ends of each of the stems, there's not a flower. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when it blooms. This park is also $25 for seven days. So if you plan on going to both of them, that's <laughs> you're that much closer to just getting a national park pass. Yeah. I would just get an annual at this point. Which this one actually doesn't have a entrance gate on the main road. All of the roads, though, the campground, the roads, and like I don't know all the trails. It says like entering pay area or entering fee area. Yeah, yeah. And I there's a on the Aho Mountain Drive loop, there is a pay station, yeah, like a self pay station. And you can probably pay at the visitor center as well. Yep. The, visit, the um, visitor center is the Chris Eggle Visitor Center. It's open from 8 to 5. And this park is actually an international biosphere reserve. It, this park is huge. Yeah, 330,000 acres. Yep, and it, it runs all the way down to the border. This is also part of the Sonoran Desert. And they say that the Sonoran Desert is, what do they say? It's the wettest desert. Well, no. What do they the say? World. The greenest or something? Well, they, it's nicknamed the Green Desert. Yeah, it's nicknamed like the Green Desert because it gets enough water to be lush. Yeah. And beautiful. And I mean, it gets a lot of rain, like three inches a year. That's not a lot. <laughs> I know. It's funny. <laughs> it can get up to like fifteen inches of rain, though, which is a lot for a desert. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, I'm assuming three inches a lot as well for a desert. Well, but. when you think of that type of terrain, it's not like up north in the forest and stuff where it just absorbs. This runs off. It doesn't so, It doesn't soak into the ground. So that's why you see everywhere you go in the desert areas, there's all these little washes that look like little creek beds and stuff. That's because the water has nowhere to go. It just moves to other places. It actually rained while we were there. Yeah, a lot. Mm-hmm. And there, I mean, even like a few days after, there were still some puddles of water. It's really weird to see that in a desert. All of the plants were super green. Yeah, right. A couple days after it rained, they were pretty green. Yeah, they're popping green. There are actually five seasons in the Sonoran Desert. There's the dry summer, monsoon summer, the fall, the winter, and the spring. So the dry summer is between April, mid-April, mid-July. And it's the hottest time of the year. So this is when you do not want to go <laughs> to the desert. The temperatures are usually way above 100 degrees during the day and 70 at night. So if you are boondocking during this weather, you're going to be miserable. Um, Luckily, it's a dry heat. <laughs> it does say, though, that the humidity is usually less than 10%. So, so that's pretty good. Yeah. But this is the season that the cactus produce flowers and fruits, um, including the saguaro and the organ pipe cactus do it during this time. Nocturnal animals like the bats and the moths will, you know, do their thing. Pollinate. Yep. And what is the monsoon summer? That's the wettest time of the year, and it runs from mid-July through mid-September. The temperatures are still high. They're still above 100, 70 at night, but... The humidity is now increasing. 
Maybe it's like 12%. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I actually don't know what the humidity is, but it probably is a lot more because they say it actually feels almost like a tropical forest at this time. I can't imagine that. So I would love to, I would love to feel it, but then leave. (laughs) But you got to figure high temperatures like that with a lot of rain, it's going to create a lot more humidity. I I just don't like what is a lot of humidity in Arizona. (laughs) Might get up to 40. (laughs) This is actually, though, one of the prettiest times to be in the desert, apparently, in this desert. It's one thing that I would love to experience monsoon season there, mm-hmm. just because I want to see all the water. Yeah. It'd be wild. I want to I see, you know, the washes full flowing. It's, it's something that I would like to see and capture. And see if everyone is actually telling the truth about this dry desert. Yeah, what's a flash flood? I don't think they ever exist. (laughs) Fall is a lot milder temperatures, and the drier climate is arriving. It's like September through what, October? Yep, September through October. It's about the end of the monsoon season. And then the temperatures start settling into like the mid-80s, and the humidity goes down again. Warm days, mild nights. A little bit better for boondocking. Winter is November to January. Mild days, cool nights. Yeah, the winter months have like high 60s, low 50s during the day, and then low 40s to sometimes below freezing at night. It does rain some during this time. Cooler rains. And this is good because it brings spring flowers, which is the next season. (laughs) And that is February through mid-April, which is when we were there. Yep. That's what they consider springtime in the Mm -hmm. desert. The sky is also really clear for stars in the winter season and also in the spring season. So that's that's another really good reason to go during that time. Yeah, there's some amazing night skies when we were there. So we were there in February, which would be considered spring, but it did get down. It was pretty cold. It didn't get freezing, but it was pretty cold at night. Yeah, we had to run our furnace a few nights. Temperatures begin to rise mid-70s to 80s. We didn't really have that high temperatures, mm-hmm. though, um, you know. But we were there early February. So, yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean. Like I've, the tail end of the winter season. It was com- It was nice. You know, it wasn't like hoodie weather or anything during the day. Yeah, seasons aren't like, oh, my gosh, it's February. It's yeah. spring. Yeah. So it was like running over. But it, that's about when it starts. It wasn't hoodie weather, and it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, I'm so hot. Yeah, it was, t- it was good T-shirt weather. It was perfect. During this time, you also get a lot of wildflowers normally. We did not get to see any of the wildflowers. But, of course, we again, we were there in the beginning of this season. We had some popping up around, like, the little tiny yellow ones. They're kind of like bushes, small bushes. And those were kind of pretty. Also, the animals are the bugs and insects and hummingbirds that like to pollinate. Um, they start coming out at this time. And we did see a couple hummingbirds. Yeah, they're... So. We, Really, in the whole Sonoran Desert area, all the, spa- the places that we stayed, we saw a ton of hummingbirds. Mm-hmm. They just, like, show up, yeah. hang out with you. <laughs> like, they I just peek Tony, in the window. Yeah. I, I'll be working, and it's like, hummingbird, hummingbird. Because <laughs> like, it's like, it happens so fast, and they're all over the place, so I don't want to, like, look away to get your attention. So I just, like, say hummingbird, and they come running. <laughs> yeah, it's like the hover outside the windows. They hover in outside, they look at you, just trying not to catch much attention, and then when they hear you say, hummingbird, they're like, oh 
I'm out. Yep. I'm, <laughs> I'm out. supposed to be a rare bird. <laughs> this park is right on the border, so you do need to remember that when visiting. And there's signs all over the place. Mm-hmm. And there's some steps you can take to just be a little bit more careful. They do recommend, like, in our boondocking area and in the park all over the place, in the camping areas and stuff, they do recommend keeping your valuables, like, even, like, a small as spare change to bicycles and electric bikes and that kind of stuff. Keep it all locked up and out of sight. And avoid traveling in trails that look like they're well used but are not official trails. They're not on the map. Yeah, not marked, nothing, because those are... Not National Park or National Monument trails. (laughs) Yeah, so don't be on those. I would also point out you should be careful on some of the off-road trails. There's some that go along the border. What is that one? I don't remember the name of it, but they're super remote. Well, like the Diablo or whatever. Oh, yeah, El Camino del Diablo. Yeah, that one runs into the park. It doesn't start there, but it does come into that park. And there's a couple other trails that run right along the border. You should be careful on those because there's no signal um, and they're rougher. They're not like hard trails at all, but if, you know, you get a flat tire or you get broke, you know, if you're bricked down, you really don't have a way to get help. Yeah. And you're in a not so safe area. Yep. They also say, don't pick up any hitchhikers. Try not to help anyone unless it's like, you know, unless you have to help them, <laughs> yep. but then to, um, report the location and get, you know, like call for help after you leave the area. And I will say like all the time that we spent there, we didn't see anything, but there is no cell signal pretty much anywhere other than maybe the visitor center. I think they have Wi-Fi. There was also like a help button. thing. Yeah. They have like help boxes all over the place in the remote areas. There are signs that say, even though if you don't have signal, still call 911. Yeah, some, so before that, the help boxes are just a button. So you push the button, and then within an hour or something, somebody will be there to help you. Yep. Um, but, yeah, there are some spots that say you can still call 911. I don't exactly know how that works. Maybe it they have enough signal in those spots to get 911. Yeah. I don't know exactly. Or to be able to ping your location or something. Oh, yeah, maybe that's, yeah, maybe something along those lines. There's also one main road that, what is it, that goes from, like, Y. Actually, does it start before that? Aho? Yeah, it goes all the way. Yeah, Um, so there's one main road that goes from, like, Aho through Y. It's State Road 85. Okay, and it goes all the way to the border? Yep. And the speed limit is what, 55? It it varies from 55 to 65 in spots. But everyone goes, like, 70, 80. Five. (laughs) <laughs> 75 80 <laughs> I'm like a I'm like a five under to the speed limit driver and there was nobody waiting for me even people with like big trailers and RVs and yeah and everyone's like rolling their eyes right now because yeah. you're one of those people that go under but remember we are jeepers yeah <laughs> we don't there's no I'm not speeding, speeding because I'm not speeding because I'm just doing the best I can <laughs> So that's something to just, you know, be on the lookout as people speeding around. There are, I think, quite a few accidents. I know I saw news reports on a few of them before and after we were there. Yep. So I would definitely be careful on that yeah, road. Yeah, people just fly up and down that road. Um, there is a heavy, heavy border patrol presence there. Mm-hmm. So you'll see a lot of those trucks. We saw um, 
Was it there? We saw a BLM Ranger come through, or was yes. that the other spot? But it is heavily patrolled. Um, but they do recommend if you see something, you say something, make a phone call. There are some really cool scenic drives in this park. One of them is the Ajo Mountain Drive. It's 21 miles long. It's gravel, and it's really fun. Well, I mean, not really fun, but it's just a trail. But <laughs> it, it can get a little rough in some spots, but it's doable in any type of vehicle. You just have to take it slow. It's just gorgeous is what I meant. It's yeah. a really good view of yes. that desert. It's a very scenic, scenic drive. And that one goes through like some kind of lowlands, goes through some canyons around a little bit of a mountain range right there. And I think you can do that with a pa- any passenger vehicle. Yep. And this one has a, a narrated audio tour. Oh, is that the one we did with the narrator? Yeah. Yep. And so I would download that before. Yep. <laughs> so if you can download the National Park web um, app on your phone, and then you can download the... Oregon Pipe Cactus Monument section or whatever yep. app. And then so you download the whole thing on your phone. And then you can, as you drive through, there's different markers and you would just play that section. Yep. It was pretty cool. And along that one, there's um, a couple trailheads. There's a handful of picnic areas where you can stop, taking the views, have some lunch. There's a couple others scenic drives that you can do. We did not do these. One of them is Porto Blanco Drive. This one's 41 miles, and it is a loop, it, but it can take you, like, quite a long time, four the, to five hours. Exactly, and it goes out into the remote area. We actually, unfortunately, didn't have time to do this one. Which is a bummer, because this one is recommended high clearance. Yep. So this one may have been a little bit more fun. We should have did this one instead of the other one, I guess. From what I could see online, it, it definitely looks like it's a little bit more of a Jeep trail, and it gets you out into the wilderness. Why didn't you tell me that, then? But... <laughs> It's, it's like a whole day adventure. Yeah, true. And it's out in the middle of nowhere, and we're by ourselves. So it was kind of like not prime. And we do not have our radio yet. We don't have our comms yet. Yeah, we're going to get those, though. We're going to get those. <laughs> and then there's a couple other trails. Bates Well Road. This is a rugged 23-mile trail. It does, like, connect with the Diablo yeah, El Camino de Diablo. Uh-huh. That's like the really long 100-and-something-mile trail. Yeah, that goes outside of this monument, though. It, that trail goes even into Barry Goldwater, right? Yep, all the way to Yuma. That one, high clearance is recommended as well, strongly recommended. And this is one of those trails, that, again, that's like right along the border. So if you're not with friends, if you don't have communications, you know, I wouldn't recommend doing this one. Yep. And then the last one is Pozo Nuevo. Unless you have communication. So if if you have a way to communicate, like, get help if you need it. Yeah, if you have a GMRS or HAM or something like that, that'd be really helpful. Yes. Uh, The last last one is Pozo Nuevo Road. This one's 14 miles. It connects the Porto Blanco Drive with the Bateswell Road. And high clearance 4x4 is recommended for this as well. Yep. And there a, is a, a good portion of that actually goes right along the border road. So you might run into some border patrol traffic and stuff like that, but that's perfectly normal. I thought the Bateswell Road did too, does it not? Or is that one like the one that goes up or I think something? that goes up into Ajo. But yeah, this reception is zero in that area. A yeah. lot like we had reception at um our boondocking spot. I mean, we yep. had signal there. But once you get into the monument, it's like gone. Yeah. 
Um, we had Signal there, and then we also had great Starlink. Yep. So Starlink will work fine. Um, I think we did have our phones on Wi-Fi calling, though. At least I did. But we did have Signal as well, just for some reason Starlink was working better. Yep. And where do you stay? We stayed at Gunsight Wash BLM. It's just south of Y, Arizona, just a couple miles. And it's actually just a couple miles from the National Monument border as well. Um, this is a huge camping area. We only stayed maybe less than a quarter mile in from the main road. But there were RVs and stuff probably twice as far in yeah, you know, maybe another half a mile. And actually, we should have said when we were talking about Saguaro National Park where we stayed, which we'll link it in the show notes, um, we were only able to go back a little ways. I mean, we may have been able to force it a little bit more, um, but we found a really good spot. Yep. But we we did go into a little bit of off-roading in our yeah. class A. It wasn't the best. Um, but this spot here in Oregon Pipe, we could have went much farther back. Yep. We could yep. have went pretty much anywhere in there, I think. It was pretty open. Yep. There's a lot of well-used spots that are plenty big enough for any size rig. Yeah. I really liked that area. There's also a couple of campgrounds. There's the Twin Peaks campground. There's 34 tent sites here, 174 sites for RVs, and they can handle RVs up to 45 feet. There is no hookups, water, sewer, but they do have a dump station. Or electricity. Yeah. And we actually went there to dump. Yep, we used our National Park Annual Pass to get entry into the campground to use their dump station and fill up water. There's also the Alamo Campground, and we drove through here. This is tent sites only, and there's only like four or five or something. Yeah, there's only a small handful of sites there. We did see a couple vans, but and I think that's kind of like one, one way to kind of get around it is if you have a van, you just throw like a tent outside or something <laughs> and call it good. Put your dogs in there. But they do say no RVs. Yeah, I think you, it's no RVs, no truck campers. I don't even know if you could get back there in an RV. It's pretty tight in that little area. Yeah. But it was a really cool view. So yeah. if you do have a van, it would be a cool spot. Yep, definitely. There's also backcountry camping with permit, obviously. Not <laughs> sure you would want to do this. <laughs> but some of you guys are crazy. So if you want to do that, there's also backcountry camping. I don't think you need reservations, probably because no one does it. <laughs> uh, but you do need to get a permit. Yeah, I'll stick, I'll stick to my hard-sided RV. Yes. <laughs> Animals. What do we got? Mountain lions, yep. deer, he, he, gila monsters, yeah. javelinas. Javelinas. They also have, um, like, sheep of some sort, I think. Bighorn sheep. Yeah, bighorn sheep. I think it's a either a desert bighorn sheep or a Sonoran desert bighorn sheep, something like that. Yeah, something. And lizards. Snakes. There's snakes, skunks. skunks. Brown squirrels. You'll see all over underneath the little yeah, underneath the bushes. You'll see the little, little holes that they dig. And finally, coyotes. Lots of them. Lots and lots. Very active. At night, especially. When you have to go walk your dog. <laughs> we actually have a reel. I'll throw it up in the um, show notes. But one of the one of the nights, they were I think every loud. night they were, yeah. they were out and about. They were close. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was a couple times we were driving down the road, and they were just, like, on the side of the road. I've never seen so many coyotes in my life. <laughs> yeah, just a couple miles up the road, I was driving by the gas station there in Y, Arizona. There was just a coyote hanging out in the parking lot. It was pretty wild. I actually recorded it. Yeah. They also have a junior ranger. Um, 
so we never used to do the Junior Rangers at the monuments, and I'm a little bummed. So we're going to start doing those now as we go through. I think we've done a couple now. Yep. Um, but, yeah, those are really cool. Also, another place, BLM sometimes will do uh, badges as well, which is kind of cool. You just go into the BLM office, and yep. they will offer something as well. So what's nearby? I just want to point out some of the cities that are nearby and like the resources that you can get at them because you're very remote out yep. here. <laughs> so the closest is probably why. I don't know why. <laughs> that wasn't even <laughs> funny. <laughs> that one has It's by the way, W H Y Y Arizona. Y has a gas station and has like it's a small store. They call it like the Why Not Travel Stop. And they have, like, uh, some small amount of groceries there. They have propane. You can fill up your RV or your small tanks. But the Lukeville, which is about 20, 25 miles, um, is at the border. There is gas there. There's snack groceries. There may be more stuff. And that border crossing closes, I think, at 8 p.m. So I don't know if that gas station stays open past that. Oh, I didn't know so that. So that's something that you'd want to check. If you're going to be in that area and you're in need of gas and down south, definitely fill up beforehand. I don't remember anything else there, but there may be some, maybe a restaurant or two in that area. It seems like there was like a little, a small section oh, of shops and stuff, but I couldn't tell if they were open or what they were. Yeah. There was a restaurant of some sort. I can't remember the name of that restaurant, but there was mm. a restaurant I think I saw. You can buy insurance if you're going into Mexico. Mm-hmm. And they have storage. Yep. Storage for valuables, firearms, ammunition. You can't take any of that stuff into Mexico. So, And then um, about 15, 16 miles north of where we were staying is Ajo, Arizona. And that's a little bigger town. It's not a metropolis by any means. No Walmart or anything. But they do have an IGA grocery store. They have pretty much everything. Meat, produce, bakery, all that good stuff. And actually a large hardware store connected to it, Ace Hardware. And they had laundry. Yep, there's a laundry laundromat there. Um, a couple gas stations, car wash. Big and enough. go ahead, Tony. What's your favorite thing there? Actually, maybe we should just play the music first. In this segment, we tell you about something you can't miss. We know when you're traveling, you can't see and do everything. So we wanted to share some of those things that you just can't miss if you are in the area. And I don't think you can miss it. It's pretty big. Yeah. We're talking about the Ajo Mine. It's an open pit mine. And this thing is enormous. Yeah. You flew your drone, right? Yeah. I took some video and pictures of this thing. There's an overlook where you can see through the fence, um, just how wide it is and how deep it goes. Yeah, so the water that you see in the mine at the bottom is actually the... The water table. The water table, which is crazy. Yeah, it's over a 1,000 feet deep. And I think when we were reading about its history, at its um, peak or at its largest, it was a mile and a half wide at the top. Here's what, if you go there and see it, or like look at the pictures or whatever, this is the things that I think about when I see these things. So trucks bring the dirt out and then pile them up in like piles around. But just think about, you know, the towards the end of the 
of the time that that mine was open and the trucks at the very bottom. Yeah. So they like fill up their trucks and then it takes them like. I don't know, a couple hours to get out of there. <laughs> yeah, just going around in circles. <laughs> that would be awful, just driving around and around and around. So this mine was operational for 50 or 60 years until they shut it down. It changed hands a couple times, and then towards the end, it just didn't produce much anymore. I think it was... Um, well, that's because they got to the very freaking yeah. bottom of it. <laughs> yeah, silver and copper... I think the, it was primarily copper with silver, and they found some other minerals, maybe some gold and stuff there, but it wasn't, like, the main source. But as you drive around town, there's a section, I don't know, a 1,000 acres. I'm making that number up, but it seems like it. <laughs> but it's, like, a 100-foot tall, several 100-foot tall piles of tailings. Like it's crazy to see because if you look at, at a Google Map view or a drone view, it's it's insane to see the amount of earth that they, they moved. Yeah. yeah. And there is a museum there. Yeah, the museum. I think yep, the museum's only open from like noon to four. So you have a small window to actually get there. Yeah, we just never made it. We drove by there, they were already closed, and we just never made it back. These things are always so weird to me. Like I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Drive by it, that's cool. But Tony, it's like extra special trip. We have to go see the mine. <laughs> um and it's just a hole in the ground. This is kind of like the Grand Canyon. It's just a hole. <laughs> but this is like a man-made thing that is, it is enormous. Yeah, it is big. I think the reason why you like it so much is because you think about the, I mean, how hard it was. I can't think like of the, the work, the, the uh, effort. Yeah, the effort. The, not that's, I, the word I'm trying to think of is not coming to me. But, you know, the actual amount of work that went into it mm-hmm. and how how they had to do it well not to mention i think it opened in like the very early 1900s so they didn't have do they have like horses high-tech equipment they probably had steam-powered equipment and stuff to start digging this hole and dynamite you know they probably used all the how they bring out dirt too bad we couldn't go in the museum trucks and stuff i think oh and they had mine carts like they had they had rail cars and stuff that they would use but still it's a mile wide and a thousand feet deep (laughs) And yeah. not to mention, just looking at it all, going through the layers of the earth, it's so many different colors. It is cool looking. It, there's like a lot of reds or some purple. It's one of those places that you get out of the car, you go over to the fence, and you're like, oh, that's cool. Let's go. Tony's like <laughs> walking up and down the thing, looking at it. I was in the car. It was too cold for that. And then uh, you went back. <laughs> I went back to fly my drone. <laughs> so anyways, you can't miss it. Because literally, you can't miss it. You're going to drive right in by the, it. Yeah, if you're in the area, why not? And it's giant, so you aren't going to miss it's it. Impressive. <laughs> it is you impressive. You will not be disappointed. And if you can get there during the museum, that might be even cooler because then you can see how they got it out and um, all the details with it. Yep. That's a wrap for our Exploring the Sonoran Desert, Saguaro National Park, and Oregon, Oregon Pipe, Pipe Oregon Pipe. Jinx Allen. <laughs> Oregon Pipe Cactus Monument. Both places were super cool, and I think we will go back, actually. Yeah, I could I could definitely go back. I want to see a monsoon. <laughs> I don't think we'll be here during that time, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely something that you want to do when you're in the area. Yeah, actually, I want to say something. Um, one, when we were driving down near Oregon Pipe... 
I remember at one point, I don't know where we were, but I was like, girls, this is so cool if you think about it, because this is something that normal people don't come see and vacation to. You come here if you live in this area. If you live in Arizona, you may you may make a trip down here. Or if you're um, like a hardcore hiker or something like that. Yeah, and you're trying to do different types of hikes or something, you would come down here. Um, or if you're an RVer, you would do this. Yeah, you don't fly into um, you don't fly into the town over to come to Oregon Pipe. You're yeah. you're it's out of the way. It's definitely out of the way of all the other main stuff and the big cities and stuff. So this is I mean, a special you may trip. Do it. You may do it if you come into Tucson and then go to Saguaro National Park. Um, and then you would just like, but it's still like three hours out yeah, of your way. Yeah, it's a long ways away. Um, and then you wouldn't have really anywhere to stay. I don't think there's any hotels or anything. So. Yeah, I don't know where you would stay locally. Yeah, unless you're staying in a van or something like that. So. So I was talking to the girls, and I think this is one of the one of those times that I'm just like, this is something very unique to what we do. Like yeah. this lifestyle, we're able to see this because of our lifestyle, because we can go to all these like very remote areas. If we lived at home and we had our house and we did like trips, we'd probably go to the Grand Canyon, and there may be some other things in Arizona that we would do. You know, Sedona is kind of cool. And, yeah. But I don't think we would ever come down here. So this is yeah. literally only possible because of our lifestyle. For yeah, us it would and never for be a, a lot of people. It would never be a destination for us without this lifestyle. Yeah. So I just think this like really like like was a a moment for me when we were down here. Yeah. Because it's such a cool view. There's like when Especially you're coming into the park. There's yeah. you you kinda come in, I don't know, we'll say you come in over a hill. Mm-hmm. And at one point, especially in the RV, you're sitting like, I don't know, six, seven feet off the ground. And you overlook several miles of just organ pipe organ pipes and saguaros <laughs> and other desert. But the you know, organ flora. pipes are these really unique. We'll have a picture of them in the show notes. They're these really unique, you know, cacti. So it's so cool to see like thousands and thousands of them, mm-hmm. like as far as you can see sticking up as such a cool view there's also another view that i'll share as well in the show notes um a picture it literally is the opening scene of every western movie yeah, i swear for sure <laughs> it has like the cacti and then the the red mountain in the back i mean it was total arizona yep great spot i highly recommend coming here and i think that's a wrap talk to you later bye 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 Let's talk about the Sararo. Sararo. <laughs> How do you say it? Sararo. Take the marbles out and then say it. Sawaro. Okay. Let's talk about the Sararo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you say it first. Can you not say what? She's saying Sararo. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Take out that. Bye. <laughs> there is. Hold on. Do you think you can hear that? Yeah. And we're clear. Okay. <laughs> Winter is between fall and spring. Oh my god. <laughs>
<laughs> All the picking there. Did I not say it right? You just said, <laughs> I don't know why you struggle with that so bad. Practice. Sa. Sa. War. 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 Rar. War. War. You are saying rar. <laughs> like a lion. What's rar. going on over there? Like an older saguaro forest. <laughs> Sorry, hold on. Every time you say it, I'm like, east side. The top of Signal to Hill. We say, it, say it, Signal Hill, <laughs> not Signal to Hill. Orban, Orban. Orban, National <laughs> Monument. Orban Bipe. <laughs> okay, let's go to Oregon. <laughs> he almost said Orban again, dang <laughs> Let me say it, Jesus, Pete. No, this is what I can say. <laughs> no, it's not, clearly. Orban. All right, let's move to Oregon Pipe Cactus. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> I hate you. Um, just so you know, I'm cutting all this stuff out. Yes, just, uh... just say. Just say it was. <laughs> Take that out. Take that out. Why? Why? Just <laughs> your dad. Look down, make a sentence, look up, say it. Yep. <laughs> then you get into the winter, which is the time that we were there. We actually were not there in the winter. <laughs> They're not really considered scenic drives. They're more... I mean, they are literally under the scenic drive section okay. of the website. <laughs> this podcast sucks. I can't say anything in it. And not what it's actually like. Very like, there's very few. Do, am I making sense? No. <laughs> I called it a javelin. What did I say? Javelin ass. <laughs> javelin ass. <laughs> a what? 